Ferreira goes on the overlap. Kalou's waiting in the centre. Here's Ferreira. Pull back to Yossi Benayoun. And Benayoun gets his opening Chelsea goal. This is the Milk, Honey, and Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Raphael Geller and Jesse Forstott. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Milk, Honey, and Football Podcast for the fourth edition of our second season. Back here, as always, with Raphael. Raphael, how's it going, man? Chilling. All is good, man. Just We just both finished watching the Maccabi match. Um, difficult times. Did it go too well? Didn't go too well. But yeah, we, didn't didn't go so too we have well. a lot of stuff to talk about. If you follow Raphael or myself on Twitter, which you should, then you would know that Andy Herzog, the new national team coach, made his first call-ups for Israel's upcoming friendly as well as their Nations League matches. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about the guys that he called up. We haven't we haven't released an episode since match day one of the Israeli Premier League concluded. So we'll we'll give you guys a roundup of that and talk a little bit about what we think is coming in uh, match day two. And as we were just talking about a little bit, we'll talk about the extremely disappointing summer. Uh, that it's been for Israeli clubs in in uh, European competition. So, as Raphael mentioned, Maccabi Tel Aviv were eliminated uh, when they put against uh, Sarpsborg, um, which really put a bow on a, a pretty pathetic output from Israeli clubs in both the Europa League and Champions League, more so the Europa League. I mean, Beersheba were eliminated by Apple and Nicosia, who are a very, very good club. So I think maybe more of the burden will fall on the Europa League clubs. But um, yeah, so why, why don't we jump in there, Rafa? Why don't you give us your your review um, of the, or your take on, the, I guess the state of Israeli football is maybe what you'll get into. But uh, yeah, I mean, give us an overview of how all these clubs get in Europe in your mind. Well, it started off... I guess you could say uh, with Betar's failure, losing to a, a very average um, club from Georgia. Uh, but I, I, I want to say for them it was a bit more excusable. Their their coach wasn't on the sidelines because they hadn't passed the budget yet. And uh, their their whole team that played in that game is not even the team that's playing in games right now. Uh, they were still, you know, at that point, Eli Tabib was not agreeing to put a, a dime into the team. And there was... Lots of talk that, that Idan Verid was on the way to Haifa and that Guy Luzon was going to uh, resign just because he wouldn't want to be involved with a team that where there's no money. And then, of course, Moshe Chogeg, the, uh, I guess you could call him the Bitcoin and blockchain millionaire, came and bought the club and everything changed. So I actually think if this team was playing then, they, would do, they wouldn't lose at least to that Georgian team, that's for sure. Uh, Paul Haifa was their first time in Europe. They got by um, Icelandic team barely, um, but still a little. You know, it's pretty, pretty gutsy to go to Iceland and get that win, especially when the weather is so different there. Uh, you know, it's a basically a twenty centigrade degree, twenty degree centigrade difference in temperatures. That's that's huge, over forty degrees in Fahrenheit or something like that. Um, so that was pretty big, obviously. Going up against a Serie A club like Atalanta, 
that's been very uh, competitive and strong. It's just not, you know, it's not do it's not realistic. Even for the big clubs in Israel, it'd be a really difficult task. Um, you're talking about a, a legitimate club in Italy, and we've seen that Serie A has gone better. So that leaves us with the the two big clubs in Israel, which of course are Paul Bersheva and Kavi Tel Aviv. And you know, Paul Bersheva admits that they made a lot of mistakes in building this team. Uh, just you know, I think they did a good job on the Israelis. They brought the best Israelis they could bring in. One of the issues that I think we've talked about on the show, Jesse, is that there aren't that many good Israelis in the market. So when you bring, you bring what you can, and obviously they they got in Ben Masat. Um, they got Ezra from Beitar. They made some good moves. Uh, they kept some guys that uh, you know didn't do that much for them last year. That I think this year will do more. Guy Melamed, for example, scored in their first match against Kiryat Shmona. I think he's a really talented striker who just needs to be given more minutes. Um, you know, they've had a, faced a lot of adversity the last year, uh, but I, they just made a lot of mistakes, a lot, a lot of mistakes with how they built the team. And, uh, yeah, they, they couldn't do it. Uh, they couldn't get by. Uh, Dynamo Zagreb was just embarrassing. Uh, they brought in a goalie who only played 10 games last year in the league, and his first big match was against Dynamo Zagreb in Zagreb. Just not the smartest of ideas. And you, they can come back from 5-0 down. Just, you know, impossible. Doesn't matter who you are. No one comes back from that. And again, against the Pol Nicosia, they just didn't play that well. Uh, Nicosia is a strong team. They didn't have a really good uh, start to the season. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, didn't, they admit it. They admit that they made some mistakes with the team. Uh, now it's going to be really interesting to see what they do because Tony Wakeme has finally left after many years of always it being the question every summer if he's going to leave. He's gone. He's in Turkey. Uh, Thomas Peckhart, the target man, has also left. He's in Las Palmas in Spain. And uh, the left back, Korhart, is back in the team after almost signing, it seems like, with a ton of teams all over Europe. So that's interesting. And uh, John Ogu is heavily, heavily linked with AK Athens that just made uh, the Champions League group stages. So we'll have to see what happens with that. I know he's probably keen to play in the Champions League. He couldn't do it with Bersheva. He got very close. But I think, honestly, the biggest failure might have been tonight with Maccabi, just because of the tradition and success they built over Europe. They've made it to Europe so much over the last few years. They were in the Champions League 2015-16 um, with Slavisa, then two straight years in Europa League, so three straight years in Europe, and they were in Europe the year before 2014-15, uh, so 2013-14, they were also in Europe. And according to a stat that I have with me, I'm not sure it's correct, but I believe it is. We were talking about this before we started recording, but this only two years of now, since 2008-9, only two seasons have Israeli teams not made it to uh, at least the Europa League or Champions League, and that is 2014-15 and then this season. And 2014-15, as everyone will recall, was the summer of... Um, the war with Gaza. So that was like kind of the excuse that all the Israeli teams had to play in Cyprus and, you know, they weren't focused on things because like the country was really going through a very difficult time. It was, you know, during the time that the three boys had just been discovered. I'm sure you remember that, Jesse. 
Yeah, definitely not going to expect the teams to be performing normally under those circumstances. Yeah, it was difficult. I was actually in Cyprus um, when Maccabi Tel Aviv played Maribor. It's crazy. I remember Edin Van Basat just came back from France and they had just signed Nosa Igabor um, from Real Betis. But uh, yeah, it's a very look. They've had they had a really easy group of matches. Let's be honest. Uh, I want to open it up here just so I have everything proper. But um, they had a really easy path. Even tonight, I think if you look at some of the teams, this 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 Norwegian team had to be one of the easiest. You know, not I don't say easiest with all respect to them, but just not. They don't have a European rep. They've never made Europe. A few years ago, they finished 11th in the league in Norway, which is not, you know, out of all those leagues in, in uh, Scandinavia, Denmark, and Sweden are much stronger leagues, for sure. Um, yeah, we've been saying that the whole time. It's not like we're, you know, we're not going back to, we're not going back on anything saying that Maccabi had an easy, had an easy route. Like, as soon as, I mean, whether it was, whether we, whether we were recording or not, Rafa, we, we definitely talked about, uh, how Maccabi had a pretty easy path to get to the group stages, so it should yeah. definitely a realistic goal for them to continue the streak of having Israeli clubs in the European group stages. So really, I mean, pathetic. Honestly, is a word that we were throwing back and forth as we were. Uh, yeah, it's just sad. It's, you know, it's sad. The team loses out in thirty million shekel. No Israeli clubs now um playing you know the biggest losers out of this ironically are Kjartansson and Rykovic who you know scouts are, are more likely to go watch them play in Europa League let's say if you know look at some of the class teams in Europa League this year um if they played those those teams in, in Europa League group stages it's it's easier to prove that they're ready to sell um it's a it's a bad position for them as well because it's clear they want to advance in their careers I'd say Rykovic a lot more than Kjartansson, to be honest. Um, You know, this is now the beginning of Rykovic's fourth year. That was, I can tell you, Jesse, that was not the plan uh, when Jordi Cruyff bought him for three million from Red Star for him to be in Israel in his fourth year. That this is just very simple. It was not the plan. And I think it shows, to be honest, in his play. Yeah, you know, he gave up. Very stupid penalty in the last match. I mean, the, res- the result, Maccabi played really well tonight for the most part. I mean, they dominated the game. Uh, Eitan Tibby's penalty was questionable, but you don't push a player when his, you know, the player wasn't in a position to score at all. And Tibby shoved him, and there was no reason to shove him. Was it a penalty? Not really. But why, why give the, the referee even a, a, a thought about it? A reason, yeah. So, look, uh, very disappointing. It's it's just a really rough time. Uh, I don't know that you know one of the most respected journalists in Israel, Ornia Sipovich, was tweeting that he made a joke a couple of years ago that Israeli football is soon going to be in the likes of you know Faroe Islands and and Luxembourg. And he actually his article's headline was Luxembourg from 2017, and today he posted it as this uh, Luxembourg club made it to the group stages, which was really insane that this team from Luxembourg. A lot of the players on the squad, I was looking at it before we started recording, are based in Luxembourg. Yeah, they have a few foreigners, but it's amazing that a team from Luxembourg is playing in Europa League group stages, and there's no Israeli team. I mean... Yeah, I mean, good for them, but that is, there's just no... Ex- and you might think, oh, well, 
there is it's a real crapshoot. Maybe they had an easy path, but as we've been saying, no, they did though. They played Legia Warsaw, like one of the best teams, if not the best team in Poland. Yeah, um, you know that that won the league last year and just got knocked out of Champions League and then had to play them in Europa League. I mean, if you you know if you would have said Legia Warsaw against them in the third round, no one, no one, no one, no one, no one would pick them. Um, to win, and they absolutely d- destroyed Clues, who won the Romanian League last year. So this Luxembourg team, it's it's nuts. This Luxembourg team beat the champions of Poland and the champions of Romania yeah, to get I, to the group stage. The point is, like, really, what the point is to take away from that, because there's a lot of different ways that you can embarrass Maccabi and make comparisons like this. But the point is, they don't have, I don't know, they maybe have one twentieth of Maccabi's budget. If I, I don't know, if I had to guess, and that just yeah. has to show mm-hmm. that it really comes down to. How poorly managed Maccabi's offseason has been uh, this this past year, but just in general, how how poorly how poor the decisions are that they've made. Another thing that we didn't mention that I think just to wrap up the European discussion is the effect it'll have on the coefficient. So I mean, I, I, guess, yeah. I don't know if everyone knows the latest. Well, the latest, but well, the latest right now is in 2020. The Cup winner of Israel will not play in the first round. And of those Europe. are the kind of things that happen when when you don't even have when you don't have a single team make any group stage then it affects the the summers to come then even if you win the league or if you qualify for europe you're gonna have a longer harder road to get you know it's, it's kind of a it's a vicious cycle um and israel been doing such a good job of uh kind of being in front of that and actually having a decent coefficient but now it's just going to continue to drop um and i think some of the things that we've been talking about is, is a good segue in terms of the the lack of domestic talent of Israeli talent um, so now I think we can move on to the to the discussion about the national team um, yeah I just want to say something though quickly I, I actually think Maccabi Tel Aviv did a good job building building the club ready I, I in honest in being really honest I, I'd give a lot more you know attention to what Beersheba did they, they brought back a lot of their Israelis who were on loan gave them the stage um, a lot of them have done really well in, in Toto Cup matches and even in the Premier League, whether um, you're talking about Don Glazer, who got called up to the national team, or um, obviously we, we've always been, you know, Dory Peretz has been playing regularly, but he's, I think, also a very special talent. But Jonathan Cohen, who is really good in the Derby, uh, Roslan Barsky, who's not young, he's 26, but he's, you know, he's he is kind of young in the sense that this was, you know, bringing him back from a pole Haifa where he broke up, broke out last year. Chavivo Chayon is back in the team and, and the backup. So, I mean, um, they brought in pretty good foreigners, to be fair. Like, they brought I mean, for in. For me, it's just, what are you doing with Kartensen and Reykjavik? Like, that, that saga should have been over a year ago. Yeah, I think the I think the club. Yeah, I agree. I agree in that regard. I think the club has been stubborn about what he what they're worth. I know for a fact that they've gotten bids for them, and um, they didn't they didn't see those bids as as what the players were worth. And now they're it's 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 difficult. I mean, it's difficult if you know if you live in Israel and you follow the, the media here and you understand the situation. It's they've been trying to sell them since the beginning of the summer. It's been talked about in January. It's, it's hundreds of articles about like selling them, and now it looks like they're. I don't want to say stuck with them, but they could doesn't be. look like you know it doesn't look like they're going anywhere. Um, Maccabi's last title in the league was 2014-15. It also seems like an eternity ago. Um, 
But I want to finish with this, if you don't mind. I think the one good thing I could take about all these teams not playing in Europe is that really this year, there's no excuse for being tired. There's no excuse that you have too many games. There's no excuse for um, that we, we, you know, we need more players. Like They're now only focused on the Premier League and the Cup. Um, the Toto Cup is finishing earlier this year. They already played the semifinals. Um, there's only one game left now, the final. Paul Haifa and uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv. So it's basically the Cup, which doesn't start till December, Jesse, for the first for the Premier League clubs, and the league. They need to put the full focus on the league. I'm talking now about Beersheba and Maccabi, but honestly, more so Maccabi who wants to get that title back to their fans. They they really like this is a year where they have no excuse to not win the title, like zero excuse. So yeah, that's where I was gonna. I think that's a good point. That's kind of. As soon as I mentioned Ryko and Jartinson, yeah, maybe Maccabi could have... They were trying to get rid of them, and they didn't, and that's maybe a little bit of a failure. But to say that you're stuck with those guys, like those, are, they are very, very good players, especially for the Israeli Premier League. So they really should be going after the title now. Yeah, they have to. But yeah, let's let's transition to the national team. Yeah, so actually just before, before we get into that, I just wanted to take a quick pause um, just to tell you guys, the listeners, that... Raphael wanted and I wanted to try out uh, a little mailbag for for our next episode. Um, so in case you're unfamiliar with what that means or how it works, it's very simple. We're just going to ask you guys, after listening to this, to tweet at either of us, um, either my Israel footy account or at Raphael, with any anything, any questions you have um, on foot. I mean, I assume it would be about Israeli football, but, you know, football in general, whatever it is that you would like us to talk about if it's a question if it's a topic that we don't cover let us know so like you know i think we're, we're gonna be doing an episode again next week um so yeah yeah i mean I, I, yeah send us what it, really whatever is on whatever's on your mind um so we'll try that out we'll, we'll look you can also uh dm both of us i have an open dm even if you don't follow me or i mean i don't follow you so so, so you can dm us if you want as well and we'll answer those questions in a special segment next week Yes, DMs too. I've I've opened DMs as well. All right, so as we were, we just talked a little bit about uh, the domestic players, we were mentioning some of the younger players. Um, Raphael was that Maccabi has done a good job with, one of whom got called up. So let's let's move into Andy Herzog's uh, first call-ups. Called up twenty-five players, if I'm not mistaken, Raphael. Um, a, a heavy dose of Israelis. Um, I tweeted. I, I tweeted out the statistic. I think eighteen of the twenty-five are based in Israel. Um, all three goalkeepers are Israeli. Um, really, the only place that there were foreign-based players um, were were the attackers, which is pretty common, especially on the Israeli national team. Um, Diasaba was the only domestic player. So I don't know, Rafael. Do you want to? Should we run through the list, or do you want to maybe just give us your quick hit reaction to? To the team, because I'm sure we're going to go more in depth. We'll give a preview before, you know, as we get closer to the national team matches. But um, yeah, I mean, you want to run through position by position, give us a little, uh, what you know, what you think of Herzog's calls. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I don't have any issues with any of them because, you know, usually there's controversy or someone who missed out. I mean, there's a couple guys that maybe I don't necessarily agree with them on. Or I think. They could have been on, but if you look at the the defense, um, which is not fun to look at, 
Yeah, it, Tom Tibby, it is what it is. He's just been a rock back there, whether, you know, he's made a lot of mistakes, but he is kind of the best we have. It's it's kind of crazy. Shir Tzedek is, is back and, and playing with Beersheva and has been, you know, a lot now since if you add all the Toto Cup and now the, the season started and the Europa League and Champions League. Um, he didn't play for a long time, obviously, last year because of the whole suspension over the drugs, but... Uh, yeah, he deserves a spot because when he's when he's in form, he's good. I, I wouldn't say he's in form now, but again, that's what we have. Um, looking at our our fullbacks, um, Tab Tawadha. Okay, he's playing a little here and there on Frankfurt, and he's a left back. Um, and Oren Beaton, who I think is a phenomenal player, is out for a really long time now for Beersheba. I think he's one of the best and most exciting young players in Israel. Um, but he's out, so that's not an issue. Two right backs who've basically been this, the two right backs in the last campaign, uh, Eli Dasa and Ben Beaton. Uh, again, no issues with that. Those guys are Eli Dasa, of course, will be the starter, and Ben will be the backup. Samuel Simon will probably back up to Wadcha, but I don't know. Then you have Louis Taha, who... Um, you know, is solid, is good. He's, he's done well. Last year, he had a very good season for Beshev, I would say. It was his breakout season. He's not a young man at all. He kind of has had a crazy path to Beshev. Um, was at Ranana for, for many years and um, uh, came from, uh, I think, uh, Apol Haifa Youth, if I recall. Um, Niso Capolito, you know, again, a good player was a, was a really important part of uh, Paul Haifa's, you know, historic run last year. I'm not, you know, I like him. I don't think he's, I think he's a solid center back. He, he's good. He has some experience in uh, Switzerland and in Cyprus. And yeah, he's a good player. Like he's he's a solid player, but uh, I don't think he's he's. Amazing. Uh, Khabshi on a Maccabi Haifa is a, a player who's um, kind of, he kind of last year he had a breakout season with Bnei Huda on loan from Maccabi Haifa. He was really good for them last year. This year he's gotten the keys, as you can say, by Maccabi Haifa. He'll get a lot of minutes. I'm, I'm not sure if I would say he's, he's a future center back because, you know, <laughs> um, he's not that young he's 23 but he's good he's he's improving every game i watch him he's improving and we'll have to see you know in israel there's a lot of late bloomers going to the midfield nacho it's at olympiacos um a big concern about the amount of minutes because he really is not coming into the game with any real significant minutes i don't think he played tonight against burnley i'm happy they're through and in the group stages though that's good um zahavi which we didn't zahavi's back uh, he made an apology oh, yeah. through media statements. Uh, I don't know, you know, whatever is, is how I see it. <laughs> like, welcome back, I guess. But, I, you know, I don't. Yes, can he be really helpful and, and can he score important goals? Absolutely. We just haven't seen it yet. And the team has been built around him for two straight campaigns and we just haven't seen it yet. And he's an amazing player and maybe one of the best players in the history of the Premier League. What he did for Maccabi, I'll never forget. It's something that my grandkids will hear about because this guy, I mean, you remember, Jesse, just seasons where he was banging in like 45 goals in all competitions. Um, can't take that away from him. He's really, he's, he's honestly like, 
everything you kind of want in terms of a football player. He works harder than everyone. He's always moving. He's always training. Um, so it's good to have him back. I'm a, it's, I was at the match when he had the infamous armband thing. Um, he was very, very frustrated, obviously, at the situation. And uh, he apologized. you got to learn in life when to realize that an apology is an apology. I mean... You know, he didn't do, he didn't kill anyone. He did something really stupid. He apologized. So I'll accept him. I, I just feel kind of indifferent about it, you know? I don't know how you feel, Jesse, but. I mean, one thing, if he, if he has 50 goals for the national team, I'd say, all right, you know, we'll, we'll take him back. But it's not, I mean, he hasn't done too much. So it's, yeah, it's, I agree. Pretty, pretty neutral. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I can see it. He's, he's friends with a lot of the national team players. Um, he's been ridiculous in China. I mean, what he's done in China the last couple of seasons just been unreal, especially when you consider the players that have gone there um, and how he kind of went there like on a pretty relatively low salary at the beginning. And now he's making money that I think he's on like 12 million a year now. It's, it's ridiculous or 10 million a year. Just, you know, that's money that players on Barcelona don't even make if you're not one of the big stars. You know, um, moving on, Bram Keal captained Brighton in the cup the other night, even though they lost, they're still pretty cool to have a player captaining. Yeah, we, I, we didn't give that enough attention and we probably won this episode, but that's, that's very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. It's, I can't, you know, I can't remember the last time that happened. Um, I'm sure, I'm, I'm guessing Tom and Chaim maybe had a couple of times where he captained one of his clubs, maybe not Chelsea, but Bolton. Um, I don't think Yossi Benayoun ever would have been captain of any of the teams he played for because he played at massive clubs and there are always legends who are captains. No, it's a really big honor and uh, it's good to have him. Dan Eibinder, not so sure about the call-up. I don't think he's had such a great start, but okay, I get it. Dor Peretz, who I really, this is the year Jesse has to, I mean, he, he does break out every year, but this is the year he really needs to become the best DM in Israel by far. He needs to be better than the foreigners in other clubs. He needs to be an amazing DM. And I love him. I'm a big fan of him. You just don't see people with his body in Israel, almost six foot two, um, strong, can pass. Can, I, I like him a lot. I hope I hope this is a year for him. Um, Dor Micha, which, you know, we've talked about for so many years. It's shocking that he only has one at, uh, one cap. I mean, it's it's honestly shocking. He's 26. I feel, You would think he was 21. Um, he's amazing. I think it's time to, to really get him involved. We, we see what he can do. Um, you know, if you watch the first match against Maccabi Haifa, which we'll get to in our next segment, he just has the vision that a lot of players in Israel don't have. And uh, it's time to get him playing more. And I think he's a player that we're going to see now in every campaign starting for the next five years. And that's what it should be. Don Glazer and, and Plashenko, Maxim Plashenko, both um, youngsters who, yeah, deserve a call-up. They've done really well. I mean, Don Glazer, I think, was one of the best young players in the league last year. Was a huge part of Maccabi Natania's successful run. And same with Maxim, who's enormously talented i know jesse gushed on him watching him in the u21 a few times he, he's had some very nice plays and nice moves but he needs to give a consistent season yeah i mean that's fine i i just think that the the talent's there but um yeah the talent's there 
it's time to, for him to put it together. He's going to be 23 in the winter. I mean, that's just not young anymore. Two years ago, he was 20. Now it's time to put it together. In the attack, um, yeah, Tomer Shepson. On our segment. Go ahead. Uh, in the attack, Tomer Hamid, who scored in his debut for QPR, which is great. Munis Dabur, who scored a brace, but it wasn't enough last night for them to advance. It's very sad about that. Uh, and a lot of media reports that he went to the locker room really angry about everything that happened. Um, don't blame him. Tough break. Red Bull Southbrook seem to have a curse of making the group stages of Champions League. But those two are very special players. Torjaman, solid player. I uh, don't really think that that he should play. Um, he needs to do it. I'd like to see him score 10 goals this year with Vienna. That'll really convince me that he's the real deal. Um, he scored in the first game. I don't think he's scored since. Um, I think he's a solid striker. I think last year he showed his quality, but let's see him do a full year at Vienna because we have the players. Diasaba, um, again, like, uh, you know, he's an amazing player, but I want to see want to see what he does now that around Levy's gone and there's a new team, a strike. It's kind of a, a different team this year, Natani, and he needs to be the leader. He needs to hold everything down. So um, let's see what happens with that. And then, of course, Manor Solomon, who this week seems to have been linked with Maccabi Haifa, per reports, made a 2.5 million euro bid for 50% of his ticket or his card, which is unbelievable if you think about it. That's over 10 million shekels for half of his card. Um, Bersheva reportedly had some deal with Atletico Madrid that Atletico Madrid would buy him and then they would send him a loan to Bersheva and of course you probably remember Jesse that uh, the Ofer family bought a small part of Atletico Madrid and then made a cooperation between Bersheva and Atletico so that'll be it I mean I think if, if he's going to move anywhere it's going to happen tomorrow and there is some talk that it's possible but um, you, you know, you don't know. Maybe he's on a plane right now to a club taking a medical. Maybe he's not. Uh, but he's just a phenomenal player. And, yeah, that's our team. You look at, like, recent call-ups if you go on the Wikipedia page. And the reality is I'll just do it for everyone. Maybe Schechter deserved a call-up. He's been in good form. Maybe Atar deserved a call-up. But I'm not, you know, I'm okay with them not getting called up because they weren't going to play anyway. Tabin Chaim has a torn ACL. Ben Saar is not playing. Ohana is a torn ACL. Ben Ayun is... I love Ben Ayun. He's a legend, but he doesn't need to be playing. Rafaelov just signed with a new club. Jesse, right? Um, yeah, I just tweeted that out. I mean, he stayed in Belgium, and you know, we were kind of talking right. about he's he's a little past it, sad to say, but he wasn't going to be a real part of the team anyway. Right. He's been a part of a lot of campaigns. And look, if he gets his form back with Royal Antwerp, he's more than welcome. I've always been a big fan of his. Um, as a player, he's he's really built a good name for Israelis in Belgium. Him and Barda um, really are, are the legends of, of Belgium. I mean, he, he won Player of the Year in Belgium, so that's that's really respectable. Near Beton, per reports, is close to coming back from injury, which he's I think once he's back playing for Celtic, hopefully he'll get back in the team because we need him. Uh, Giddy Kanyuk, eh, he's okay. He scored a beautiful goal this week, but I don't think he needed to get called up. Idan Verd hasn't had the greatest start to the season. Uh, Kaba, don't don't really need him in that position. David Kelton's is injured. Uh, Melikson, 
you know, a really, really good player. But I'm trying to think of whether he was injured or not. Um, he's, he's, he's turning 34 in October, which is crazy because uh, he's just been one of the most exciting players since he came back to Israel, to Beersheba. But uh, maybe because he was injured. I don't think he was injured, actually. Um, so, Almo Cohen is injured. Aran Levy doesn't need to be called up. Hanan Roman also doesn't need to be called up. Omer Atsili is an is kind of a questionable one. I think he could have made it into the team. I like it Omer, Yeah, I like Atsili too a lot. Um, I think he could have made it to the team. Omer Danino didn't need to be called up. Omri Ben Kharoush just went to, to Belgium. I'm not sure if he's played a game yet there. David Zada's in the reserves of Ghent. Khatam El Hamid, who had an amazing breakout season last year for Beersheba, even though he was really good on loan with Dynamo of Bucharest a couple of years ago. The fans loved him. Um, he's injured. Doralu, right back. We already have two. Tabin Khaim, the center back. Oh, it's hard to say because, you know, he's, he's now the starting center back at Beitar Jerusalem, but I, I think you need to give the younger guys, you know, even if they're 30 years old, more minutes. More Kandil, right back. You don't need him. Tal Kahila is injured. Oren Beaton, another right back, injured. And Omri Glazer, don't need. Marciano is injured. Boris Kleiman hasn't played this season. And Muhammad Kandil maybe could have been. I think he actually had a better shot to be the third goalkeeper over Danny Amos, who gave up five goals this weekend. So, um, yeah, that's the situation. There's not a lot of other players. To be fair, we have, you know, a player like. Players like Talbin Chaim, Ohana, um, Almo Cohen, Nir Bitton, you know, those guys are all starting players uh, in, in the national team, especially Talbin Chaim, especially Nir Bitton, and, and obviously also Almo Cohen. I think Ohana is a player of the future. Um, but these guys being injured is a, is a really big blow. So that maybe we need to be a little more cautious and remember that. Um, because both, I think, will contribute when they're back. Well, actually, it's hard to say with Tab and Chaim because he's, you know, two years of not doing much is, is difficult, but you know where I'm, what I'm saying. Um, Almo Cohen, 100%, when he comes back, he adds a lot, and he'll be back in the winter. Yeah, I'm and obviously, Nir Piton could make it to the October call-ups if he starts playing for Celtic in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think all it, the call-ups were probably made easier, unfortunately, by the injuries. He, uh, Andy Herzog wasn't; he didn't have the full group of guys to pick from. So I think that's another reason why there isn't too too much criticism to be had. Okay, so again, as I said, we're, we'll definitely go back into the national team on later episodes as those matches come closer. September seventh, Israel is traveling to Albania to kick off their Nations League mat, uh, campaign. So, again, as that's, that's just around the corner, but we will do an episode before then. We'll really just focus on that match and the national team then. Um, so before we... Or, I mean, I, I guess before we go, our last segment, we'll spend five, ten minutes here on the Israeli Premier League. It kicked off last weekend. There were a few interesting results, and uh, there's another good weekend coming up. So, Raphael, why don't you give everybody your quick impressions and then maybe a little look forward before we before we wrap things up uh, you know let's start off with Makai Parakhtikva and Beitar as we mentioned 
like Makai Pelechtik won one four to one. My one of my favorite parts about the match was seeing all these young players on Pelechtik play in the Premier League and guys who were part of the youth system of that team um, play. And that's something that we don't see. Bersheva doesn't have one player on the club um, that you know has just come through fully um, with the youth team. Uh, and, and they're starting 11. They're not guys from the youth system. Um, so, you know, this is, this is something that's an issue in Israeli football that a lot of these guys aren't good enough to break into their team now. We saw Maccabi Tel Aviv do it. Um, you know, I remember watching Dan Glazer uh, on Saturday mornings with the U19 squad. So, um, that's something very important. But yeah, it was great to see Perechtik with the youngsters. Beitar, look, they've signed a lot of players. Buzaglo, Iran Levy, uh, Tara from uh, Kirachmona, the DM, who's a really good DM, one of the best in the league. They need time to, to mesh. They're still going to make more changes. They need a left back. Um, they're, they, they're talking about bringing a striker. I think they'll be fine. They just need a little time. Uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv, Maccabi Haifa. Again, Haifa off to a bad season. Again, losing their first game of the season. Again, not much to say. It's very sad for the fans, very frustrating for the fans. They have such good fans, such passionate fans, such a beautiful stadium, such potential. I mean, there'd be nothing more great than have Maccabi Haifa play Champions League in that stadium or even Europa League in that stadium. But we're definitely far away from Champions League, but maybe Europa League is possible. Um, Maccabi Tel Aviv, just, you know, they... Dormicha came in the 60th minute, changed the match. They won 2-0. Uh, it was a very fun match to watch. Always fun when those two teams play. It's a classico of Israel. Two teams with a lot of titles and a lot of history. Uh, Bnei Sakhnin and Ranana was extremely boring match. <laughs> I watched the first half and then just decided uh, I wasn't going to watch the second half anymore. Too too boring. Not a lot of football. Um, Pnei Sakhnin have a lot of work to do. A lot of their players that uh, they signed just passed in the budget control, so they were finally allowed to play, but a lot of them didn't play in the preseason. Um, regarding Paul Ranana, I think they're going to be one of the weakest teams in the league this year. I don't understand a lot of the signings they made. Uh, they haven't really built that good of a team. They signed a ton of players from the third division, it seems like. I don't see them competing, and I see them being at the bottom. Uh, Kiryat Shimon and Beersheva was a fun match. Beersheva is trying to get out of that funk. Um, Guy Melamed scored a really nice goal. Jesse, I think you remember I sent it to you. Yeah, uh, that was a really, really nice turn that he made. Yeah, nice turn, nice touch on the ball. Hasselbank continued his great form. You know, One of the most exciting players we have in Israel coming from Holland, scoring the goal. Of course, he was rumored to go to Beersheva for huge amounts of money. And I think Alona Barkat, you know, is smarter than that to pay two and a half million euro for a player like that. I mean, if you're going to spend two and a half million euro without a salary, might as well just get players from Europe. Um, but so they just, for, as of now, they decide not to go for it. But to remind everyone, the Israeli window is not closed for another two and a half weeks. So expect a lot of drama and maybe we'll have a transfer deadline special because a lot of things will happen in the next two and a half weeks uh paul haifa is you know just destroyed maccabi netanya um the defenders were really really poor in the match 
it's ironic because Natania right now are searching for a striker, and they seem to be very happy with their defenders because they have two foreign center backs, um, which in Israel is pretty rare when two of your center backs are foreign, uh, but they have two. So very surprising uh, result, to be honest. Um, wasn't, yeah, wasn't really uh, expecting it, but okay, that happens. Uh, they have a big, you know, they have a big opportunity this weekend. We'll talk about that in the preview for the weekend. Uh, this is the most interesting match of the weekend. Apol Khadera and Apol Tel Aviv. I look at Apol Tel Aviv squad, and if, if you look at it on paper, it's really, it's it's very bad squad. I'm sorry. I mean, if we have people listening who are, are big Apol Tel Aviv fans, it's, you got to admit with us, you have Omar Damar, you have Ahmed Abed, but after that, it's... There's just lots of problems. Just the de- the defenders are not nearly as good as advertised. You know, Eddie Gottlieb is not as strong, I think, as he was maybe two years ago. Um, the midfield is very poor. Roger Bernardo, the DM that they brought, looked didn't look that good. Uh, their goalkeeper also was a bit shaky. Where they have a lot of faith on Arik uh, Yanko. So the foreigners need to make the team better, and it's not that good of foreigners. One, I think, bright spot to keep an eye on uh, this season is uh, Roy Zikri, who I think is a really, really talented player. Um, And I've been very excited about his development. I think he's a player that can continue to to grow uh, and do well. So... Uh, but still, you know, it's just a very disappointing way for uh, Apollo Tel Aviv to start their season. Obviously, great to see Damari on the scoreboard. We all love Damari. Uh, it'd be amazing to see him get his form back and be back on the national team. He's one of my favorite strikers ever, uh, Israeli strikers. Not ever, but of the last 10 years, I've really enjoyed watching him when he's in good form. Uh, but yeah, dude. Tough, tough loss. Asi Guma scoring in the 80th minute. A guy, Jesse, who scored in like the third division, second division, now the first division. Um, so pretty cool for him. You know, a lot of teams, maybe the guy that scored for them in the third division, they don't keep. But he was with Khadera in all these divisions. So um, that's, that's pretty cool for him. Uh, I just think that like, you know, Paul Tel Aviv are, are important for our league, right? And... Um, it's it's not a good look. It's not a good look when, you know, okay, they're back in the Premier League, but the owners who, who just don't have money, it seems. And a lot of respect for them for for, for saving the club because if they didn't come and save the club at that point, they could have gone all the way down to the third or fourth division. But it's they need to sell a pull to Tel Aviv to owners that can spend money because – you know this team. I'm. What can I say? I, I'm very concerned about this team and and they're, what, what they're, they're going to be doing. Poor Omer Damari. Yeah, I. You know, I like Ahmed Abed and Damari. I'm a huge fan of Abed. You know that, but they need more in the midfield. They need someone to get the ball to them, and I, I just don't see it right now. Um. I watched the match. I, I didn't. They looked very poor. I watched the Derby match in the Toto Cup again really looked really poor a lot of mistakes just not like a proper club not not like a a pole tel aviv that you'd expect in the premier league and then uh, of course the first match was a stod nehuda stod scored the game winner 
Um, Pnei Huda also, I, I don't know what's going on there. Of course, their owner was in the headlines all summer for being involved with police stuff and all that. And, you know, they, they have Zubas as their goalkeeper and then this uh, Soro in the midfield and that's it. <laughs> it's pretty wild. They only have two foreigners. Um, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's it's honestly mind-boggling. They don't, I don't know, they don't really have... I like Chibota a lot. I think he's a really talented player. Um, but they're really like, they're missing a lot of things. And uh, again, they're, it's just another thing where I, did, you know, I don't understand what this, what this club is doing. What are they thinking? That they haven't signed anyone all summer in foreign slot. Um, they need it clearly. They need a center back and they also need a striker. Um, but they're not going for it right now. Don't know if it's budget concerns. I don't know if the owner doesn't want to invest, but uh, obviously Abuksis is a terrific coach. But um, it's it's an issue. It's an issue, and you look at their their bench, and there's some interesting names. Sagiv Yechesko. We've talked about him a lot on the show over the years, but um, yeah, I'm a bit concerned about them as well. But there's two and a half weeks left, Jesse, so a lot can happen, as you recall. There's so much can happen. They can bring two foreigners, three foreigners in the next two and a half weeks. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, one posted on any changes that come, obviously. Right. Looking into the weekend, just to wrap it up, because I know we don't have much time left, I'll just go really quickly through some of the matches and the ones to keep an eye on. Um the match of the week or the match of the round is Apol Bersheva Maccabi Tel Aviv. Uh, very interesting to see how Maccabi Tel Aviv come to this match after this Thursday night uh, disappointment in Europa League. And also, same goes for Bersheva. Very big to see if they lose this match. They're, they're starting also the Premier League season off in a bad note. But it's a, a very big match, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Um, I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's in Bersheva. Uh, it's going to be great. Another match to keep an, uh, an eye on is Maccabi Haifa and Ashdod. Obviously, whenever Maccabi Haifa is playing, it's interesting because you're rooting for them, but it just doesn't happen. Um, I think if they don't win this game, I know it's only match day two of 26 in the Premier League, but if they don't win this game, uh, I don't want to say it. I expect the fans to... to um, you know, start getting very angry, and I'm not saying they're going to sack Moalach or Fred Rutten, but it's going to there's going to be a lot of pressure on them. They need to win this game. It's a home game, first home game of the season. They need to win this. It's very, very important for them. They should win it. They should beat us, though. There's no reason they shouldn't, uh, in theory, but things just haven't gone for them. Another interesting one is a Paul Tel Aviv and a Paul Haifa. Um, a pull Tel Aviv, as I mentioned, I think they have to make a lot of changes. It's unclear if they have the budget to make the changes. This might be their team. Um, so that's a good one. A pull Haifa obviously coming in good form after beating Natania 5-0. Uh, two more to wrap up is Natania and Sakhnin. I think uh, Sakhnin doesn't have the strongest defense, and Natania and Diasaba need to, to get that mojo back and that excitement back. Um, they're missing something, though. They're missing a, a foreign striker. I think they'll be signing one in the next few weeks, in the next two and a half weeks, that is. They need someone to help Diasaba now that Iran Levy's gone to Beitar Jerusalem. And then, uh, of course, Beitar Jerusalem, Khadera on Monday. Um, 
you know, they need to win this match. It's it's at home in Teddy. Uh, one thing I wanted to say in the match on Monday, the Makai Perechtikva match uh, of Betar, because of the excitement of the fans, almost eight and a half or nine thousand Betar fans went to Perechtikva for that match. So the excitement is in there because Tabib is gone. Obviously, the fans hated Tabib. Uh, Moshe Kogeg is in, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do when uh, they're all gelled in and meshed together. But obviously, like I said, most exciting match uh, is Beersheva uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv Sunday at 9. And then, of course, uh, there aren't matches until mid-September due to the uh, international break. So, yeah, some fun matches. Obviously, uh you know, it's always, every weekend Israeli football is fun. I, I recommend anyone who's a fan of our podcast and not that familiar with Israeli football to give it a chance. It's, it's exciting, and it's if you get into it, you'll really like it. Um, and I think that's all for now. Yep. So um, make sure you check out those matches this weekend, and again, hit us with your questions and that either DM us or tweet at us happy to have him and answer him on our next show so yeah we'll, we'll catch you guys then thanks for thanks for listening clever touch brilliant